0: Welcome to Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Last year's theme for markets was without doubt inflation. We beat the drum on that main theme for about 18 months. So, what could the economic theme for 2023 be? The phrase softer growth may be a contender, as indicators in the US seem to loom over a PPI decline that was more than expected in December, triggering a steep drop in Treasury yields, putting recessionary Concerns Back in focus. In other regions, a warm winter has kept Europe from dipping into recession and an earlier and faster reopening over in China is setting expectations for better growth there. So back to themes and broadly, will deceleration in inflation indicate that that bubble, that inflation bubble that we saw in the US for the last 18 months really was a post-pandemic transitory bubble and if that's the case, what could that mean for stocks moving forward? Let's check in with Cheng Sun, Head of Investment for Providence. Chaisen, good morning.
1: Morning, Michelle.
0: Let's look at the fundamental backdrop for stocks as you see it. Uh, what is the outlook, do you think, that is shaping up as we
1: head into 2023? Great question. That's, that's really the question on everyone's mind as we start the year. And 2023 seems like it will probably continue to be volatile as uh, Mm. investors grapple with uh, higher interest rates. I think let's look at you know, some of the major regions and discuss each in a little more detail, right? Of course, uh, we can start with the U.S. market as it's the largest by capitalization and a major part of a diversified portfolio. Uh, Interestingly enough, many strategists are much less optimistic about U.S. equity market performance this year, even though, you know, stocks in the U.S. fell for much of last year. The reason is because valuations in the U.S. are still not really... Far below the historical average. I think right now the S&P 500 P ratio is around 19 times, and which is of course lower than you know the high of 30 something times in 2021, but still quite far above the levels of what we saw back in you know 2011, 2012 of maybe 12 to 14 times, and that sort of was the start of a a big cycle in the U.S. where stocks rose quite strongly. So. U.S. stocks are not necessarily looking the most attractive at these levels. Um, However, if we look across the Atlantic to Europe, uh, Europe has started the year pretty well. Uh, It's outperformed uh, U.S. stock so far uh, in the month of January after years of underperformance. A few reasons for the optimism for Europe. Um, winter has been warmer than expected so mm-hmm. energy demand is reduced which is uh, good for uh, their inflationary concerns. Also good for um, their industry because uh, energy you know, drives a lot of their ability to power factories so it will, it will help Europe uh, keep their costs down while they manufacture goods. Um, it gives the ECB some room to fine-tune their policy. And another reason for uh, Europe to start off fairly strongly is because um, European companies overall are a lot less tech-focused with a lot more traditional business models and much higher mm. you know, near-term cash flow. So a lot of them generally come under the more value factor, value category, which has outperformed you know, growth stocks in 2022 and uh, has so far continued to outperform in 2023. And of course if we look closer to home and the big story for Asia and emerging markets of course it's China's reopening I think that has really propelled uh, emerging markets to outperform uh, developed market stocks uh, early in this year and it's really carrying on the momentum from late December 2022 when China's reopening was announced China's reopening is going to be extremely positive for I mean not just China but for the rest of Asia because most economists are expecting a fairly strong rebound in tourism air travel and manufacturing and that will you know, help cushion the impact of higher rate on um, domestic economies. Of course, there is a flip side to that because it's unclear how much uh, increased demand for commodities from China would uh, infect all the inflationary pressures in the world and with uh, inflation still being fairly high and the rates are still fairly high. It does hurt consumers in the US and Europe. And as we saw, uh, retail sales fell in December. And that that is a huge market for exports from Asia, from China. So um, demand for exports from uh, the major markets in US and Europe is uncertain and that can be a headwind for investors in Asia. But mm-hmm. yep. looking at it, investors should not be too surprised if... Asia and Europe outperform U.S. stocks in 2023. You know if some of these scenarios play out.
0: Can you share a little about your outlook for emerging markets?
1: Yeah, I think uh, overall, uh, emerging markets, uh, emerging Asia especially, is likely to do very well uh, with the Chinese reopening. I think uh, we see that big beneficiaries from tourism will be like Thailand, Indonesia to a small extent. Uh, and also, a lot of emerging market countries do generally uh, export partially finished goods to China for China. Chinese manufacturing to complete the goods and then send it on to the US and Europe. So uh, all this does bode well for uh, emerging markets and uh, with the U.S. dollar weakening in t- uh, early 2023, late 2022, uh, that mm-hmm. also helps emerging markets uh, with uh, debt servicing concerns. And so all these are probably some tailwinds uh, for, for uh, emerging Asia also, alongside, of course, China.
0: Okay. Some analysts that we've spoken to say a more active style of managing money may be warranted this year. And I'm wondering what you think.
1: Yes. In, in a way, you can say that you know, being active uh, does definitely work well if you are able to pick the right stocks, if you are able to get the timing right consistently definitely being active has its advantages Uh, however it is really in providence view it's really challenging to get the timing right because Mm -hmm. a lot of times you won't know what happens so for us we still prefer you know to remain diversified uh, to maintain our asset allocations just as an example i mean we we definitely weren't able to predict you know when china would reopen or when emerging market stocks would have that rally but we continue to have maintained our allocation in emerging markets for the last couple of years, even though they have been generally underperforming developed markets. So, you know, at least for our portfolios, we were able to capture the returns uh, starting late December, you know, from emerging markets and that continued into 2023. So while active management does have its advantages, the challenge for there is to be very consistent in getting all the picks right, which is well, for us, it's a tough thing to do, so we prefer to remain uh, very diversified and stick to an asset allocation approach.
0: So is that the style that you, you think is going to do well this year?
1: It might not do as well this year, of course, compared to an active manager that's able to correctly predict the right themes and make the right decisions for all the stocks. but. I feel that a more passive approach will give you at least the market return and will help you to capture a reasonable return. Yeah. It might it, it definitely won't be the best return because there will always be an active manager that outperforms. But there will always be some that underperform. So so for us we prefer to at least be, you know, somewhere in the middle.
0: Sure. Volatility that double-edged sword there. Tell us about your outlook for fixed income in 2023, Chayson.
1: Fixed income uh, is looking a lot brighter, actually, in 2023. Um, Higher yields and slowing interest rate hikes are likely to bring back uh, some stability to fixed income after a fairly volatile year. Um, As inflation does appear to be moderating, uh, central banks might slow down the pace of their rate hikes. And the Fed is even projected to stop hiking rates maybe by end of second quarter. And this means that the main reason that fixed income performed so badly in 2022 might no longer be such an issue in the, part, in the later part of 2023. And so it allows fixed income investors to enjoy the higher yields and higher returns on, on bonds. And I guess another reason why fixed income looking a bit brighter is also because recession is on the cards and that might mean long-term yields will fall, and they have been already falling in the last couple of weeks, and that provides investors with some capital gains. So if you look at, say, the Bloomberg Global Aggregate, I think it's up uh, more than 2% already in 2023 after a very challenging 2022. So uh, it's likely to be a brighter year for fixed income this year, as long as interest rates don't go up more than what's currently expected.
0: And here's the money question, Chyson. What do you think could potentially be the theme that drives markets for 2023?
1: Well, that's a great question. I think we think inflation will still be one of the themes for the market in 2023, Mm -hmm. as really the current reprise we see in market volatility is due to inflation numbers falling. Therefore, markets are optimistic that central banks might not need to hike interest rates higher than currently projected. Uh, Therefore, a a key downside scenario would be one where inflation proves to be far stickier than anticipated, and central banks might have to raise rates even further than currently projected, which is around 5%, 5 5.25% in the US. Uh, That would continue to have a negative impact on stocks and bonds, uh, of course, in 2023. The other major event, is really that there could be a recession in the U.S. and possibly globally. And this is probably the most anticipated recession in history because people have been talking about recession since middle of last year, even earlier than that, because of the interest rate hikes slowing economic activity down. And uh, we do see that in some of the data coming out and uh, you mentioned, uh, retail sales. So while a recession is possible, how the stock market will react to it is really uncertain as many times stocks sort of bottom out before a recession is called. However, this time there might not be rate cuts by the Fed to boost the economy in a recession. So we might see some continued volatility in financial assets uh, over 2023 as economic data comes out and recession sort of the recessionary picture gets clearer. And I guess lastly, one of the other events that is a bit less talked about right now but might happen sometime in the middle of the year is there will be a very contentious fight over the U.S. debt ceiling and uh, should the U.S. trigger some kind of technical default, it will lead to possible market chaos as treasuries are the bedrock of the financial system and their repayment cannot be in doubt as many other systems built on them will fail but uh, hopefully that's not going to happen and they'll have a last minute deal to uh, avert default, but that could be something that, you know, sort of triggers uh, a lot of uncertainty in markets in 2023.
0: Great point. I just want to pick up on what you mentioned on recession, because we hear a lot of recessionary fears uh, being aired from our listeners, you know, what lies ahead, questions like that. So what are you seeing at the corporate level? There's a prediction that the, the downturn over the U.S., that we'll see a classic recession, the downturn will start at the corporate level, maybe in the first half of 2023, leading to reduced headcounts. And then by mid-2023, predictions that economic growth could slow and inflation will begin to dissipate. What do What What do you make of that argument?
1: Well, I think that's very possible. I think we are already seeing a lot of sort of job losses in the tech companies. We are seeing news that companies are not raising prices anymore or trying to control raising prices because of pushback from consumers. So Mm -hmm. in that sense, yes, it's possible that we start to see earnings fall uh, more in the U.S., Earnings fall more in, in corporates, and that would likely lead to, yes, some kind of uh, recessionary pressure that would bring down inflation. I mean, that's, that's I think, the, the sort of more consensus view out there, and that's probably something that could happen.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much for your insights this morning, Chai He's Cheng Chai head of investment over at Provident. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Thanks for your company. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O.